Football is back on the plains, baby. Let's talk about it on this live edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Yes, sir. What is up, Auburn family? What is up, Uptempo gang? Dustin Smith here with my guy, Blake Lane. As you can see, he's got his eyes trained on that baseball <laughs> game. Auburn currently on pace, a 10-run rule to Sanford Bulldogs, 8-0, to bottom of the third. But, Blake, football is back in Auburn, yeah. baby. The second spring period of the Hugh Freeze era kicked off the day. Uh, before we got on here, I saw some clips of Cam Coleman. It's official. We talked about it for seems like two or three years. He put on the uniform today. He's out there. He is an Auburn Tiger. Uh, got some early reports that our guy Bryce Kane had a nice day. And Blake, that. I don't know if is there a podcast that talked about Bryce Kane for about six or seven months and said <laughs> you should be on the lookout for that. Hmm, I wonder who those guys would be. But how are you doing, brother? I'm doing great. We went and watched him a couple times as well, and. Dude's a star, man. He's a star. Uh, did you see the picture of Cam Coleman and it was like point out the Auburn five-star wide receiver and he's just <laughs> towering over everybody else? That was yeah. great. That was great. I love the blue pants, by the way. I know they wore them last year. Those are sick. Uh, I know they'll probably never get worn in a game, but those are sick. Uh, I am excited about football being back. It just it felt different, you know. It, it felt different this year that it just bounced back so quickly. There's a lot of hype, especially with this recruiting class that we just brought in. Uh, and it's 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 do or die, right? It's do or die. Year two, we got to improve. We got to get going. And uh, I think Hugh Freeze, he knows the expectations that sit around the Auburn program. And I feel like just watching some of the guys on the videos that were shown today, uh, they had a little pep in the step. They were like, hey, we're ready to go. You know, like this is it. It's no more talking about it. We're ready to go right now. So uh, I'm excited about it, Dustin. I keep glancing over here yeah, at this right. uh, at this Auburn baseball game. <laughs> Christian Hall just hit an absolute nuke, okay? Yeah, he he hit that ball to Opelika. <laughs> so <laughs> it might still be traveling. Yeah, for sure. Let's go over here and see some of you guys' comments before we talk about day one of the spring practice. Our guy Chris popping in. He is watching the baseball game as well. Good evening to you, Chris. Our guy Blake Patterson with the War Damn Ego. Or damn eagle, excuse me. I see Jamie saying, when were you getting started? We were a couple minutes late. And Jamie said, I'm ready, boys. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk some ball. We love the passion. We're glad that you were here. Jamie says, let's effing go. Yeah, yeah. We're here, baby. We're here. Miller says, war damn from Huntsville, Alabama. What's up, baby? Huntsville in the house. Let's see. We got, uh, what's this? What Y'all got to help me out now. I'm, I'm getting up there. I'm in my 30s now. Is this what's going on? What is this? What's WSG? They're hollering at you, Blake. Excuse me, I had my mic muted. Santiago, I believe he is the Texas A&M fan. When I used to get on here and talk about baseball, uh, he would he would hop in and talk Texas A&M. So okay. I, I believe I got that right. Haven't haven't talked to him in a while. Okay, well, hey man, we, we, wel- we welcome all. We welcome all. Yeah. What's up, Santiago? Uh, James Barnett, our dude. What's up, brother? We're glad that you're here with us tonight. Ready to talk some football, Blake. You talk about these guys looking um, – having that pep in their step. You know, I was kind of thinking about this today, uh, thinking about the success that the baseball team is having, 
uh, thinking about the success that the basketball team is having. And uh, I watch some of the, you know, I watch the women's basketball team a lot. And there always seems to be a nice little group of uh, Auburn football players is there, you know, there as well. And I kind of got to thinking, man, if I was a kid on the football team and I was going around that campus, right, and athletes hang out, they talk and that kind of thing. Um, and even if you didn't, even if you didn't hang out with somebody from the other sport, you're just walking around campus and you see, man, you see people camping out three days before basketball games and you, and you see college game day showing up for basketball and you see all the energy around baseball and they're good, right? Like if they've earned it, you see the bas- the women's basketball team that literally is rising from the ashes, a program that couldn't have been more dead than what it was before coach Harris showed up. And these guys are, again, they're going to the games. So they see all this, right? They see the jungle. They see the passion. They see these these women's crowds going over seven, eight thousand record record setting attendance for the women this year. Record setting attendance the first week out the gate for baseball. I say all that to say, man, if you're one of those guys, and you got to be thinking, damn, I'm we're the highest paid on the campus. We got the best resources. We're the ones with a hundred million dollar facility. Boy, Bruce's Bruce's back basketball facility been on the back burner for four years now. Maybe you know, it might be three, but it's, it's in that area too damn long, if you ask me. So I say all that to say, boy, if you know, if I was a football player kicking off spring practice today, I feel like it's time to live up to my end of the bargain, Blake. Crazy? Nah, you're not crazy. It is it is time. Eugene Asante, I think he's leading that message. I think he is saying, hey, it's time to work, baby. Work, baby, work, 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 like the hard work. All right. I think you I think you need to have a leader step up on offense, mm-hmm. whether it's Peyton Thorne or whoever, you know, uh, have somebody step up. Somebody, anybody, you can be an offensive lineman. I don't care. All right. Yeah. It could be Connor Lou. I don't care. Just step up. Have somebody in that huddle that wants to lead this football team. It could be Cam Coleman. I don't care. Whoever, Walker White, he was vibing today at practice, by the way. I mean, did you see the dance moves? Buddy was rocking. He was joking. I mean, he was getting after it. You know, there's confidence there. So, something, something's going on on this football team, and I'm excited about it. Um, Keontae Scott, another one. Be a leader. All right, Flirted with the portal, whatever the rumor was. Come back, be a leader. It's time to be a dog. Kay and Lee, you're young but you're a returner in that secondary that is also young. It's time to be a leader. It's time to step up and be a guy. Who wants to step up on that defensive front? Who wants to step up on that D-line? We're yeah. going to find out. We're going to find out. But yeah. from now to April, from now to April, we're about to find out who wants to step up. Because we talked about, I think last week, when you go to that second portal window, it's very rare that you get a bunch of starters out of that window. Mm-hmm. So if you do get a couple guys, all right, we need some of these guys, like a Trill Carter to step up and a Gage mm-hmm. Keys to step up. All right. We don't want to have to rely on the transfer portal window and we're still looking for a leader on that defensive front because we were blessed with Marcus to have him for two years. So yeah. I need to see somebody step up and get this get this locker room under control. And, guys, I'm sorry if I'm chewing on gum. My throat is still sore from Jacksonville this weekend, and it's still scratchy. So, bear with me. I'm giving it my best, all right? <laughs> yeah, hey, Blake playing hurt. Um, listen, 
So that's kind of the main thing that I want to talk about on the offensive side of the ball. You make a good point about leader. I think that, you know, you've, you've talked a lot about Rivaldo's comments after the bowl game in Nashville. Is he the guy to kind of step up and say, okay, listen, the nonsense ends here. Our guy Mike G tweeted out yesterday that um, there's a group of Auburn players that are meeting often and are really working hard to try to change this narrative. And, uh, you know, so we know that Derek Nix is coming in as the the OC. He's really a, it's a title hold, basically. It's going to be Hugh Freeze that's calling the plays. He's already said, listen, I'm going to be a lot more involved in the game plan this year. That's why you see a Charles Kelly come in. We're going to talk about him when we go over to the defense, playing a big hand already and getting a big four-star commitment. Um, so he kind of says, I got Charles Kelly coming in. These recruiting duties can kind of – I could put some of these on him. Same thing. Derek Nix is more of a recruiter than the previous OC and Philip Montgomery. I can put some of that stuff off on him. DJ Durkin, more of a recruiter than his, you know, his uh, was Ron Roberts. So Ron Roberts wasn't really a guy that did a whole lot of recruiting, right? So um, you kind of brought in guys. You've bolstered up your staff as far as recruiting goes. It was already a solid recruiting staff. It seems like a couple of guys that weren't really big into recruiting, they're out. And not necessarily for that reason, but they're out. And then guys that can recruit better than them have been brought in. So I think that from a recruiting standpoint, the staff has been raised up as a whole. And all that is with a purpose because Hugh knows. I try, He says, I tried it, man. I tried. I stepped back and gave it to a seasoned guy. Gave it to a guy in Philip Montgomery who had a whole lot of – Success. He has a whole lot on his resume. You can go down the, the line and look at Philip Montgomery's career and say, okay, this is a guy that we should be able to trust with Hugh overseeing it and that kind of thing. Just didn't work, man. And it became evident in early press conferences, I would argue. Like, scratch the results on the field because those definitely showed themselves by week two. But just press conferences before the season when he was like, boy, I'm struggling with this. It never seemed to get right. And you just kind of were like, okay, this this is going to be a problem. We talked about it at the time, and it be, it became a problem. The good thing about this is, Blake, is I don't think, you know, and as we get more into the press conferences, into the spring practice and all that, I would like to hear Hugh's thoughts on this. I can't imagine, though, the defensive side is a different is a different story. But on offense, I think that, like, verbiage might change up a little bit because Hugh kind of talked about in the season last year how – just switching to his offense, it wouldn't was going to be more difficult in the season because of the terminology. He said it's just it's just too we're too late in the game for me to switch up the words being used. But I don't know, Blake. If it's not like it's a whole overhaul, right? It's not like we were running air raid last. We're not doing what Mississippi State did last year. So I do think that this is not going to be that difficult. And if Peyton Thorne is going to take the job and grab it then it shouldn't be that difficult for a three-year starter to learn a new offense because they've already ran a lot of this stuff. You go back to the Mississippi State game, that's what the offense is going to look like, and the team has ran it. So what I'm saying is I don't think it's going to be that hard on the offensive side of the ball to get the quote-unquote new system established because a lot of it you've already kind of ran it. And Hugh originally set it up like this was going to be. I think they practiced it a lot. From what we were told last year, they practiced Hughes playing a lot. And then halfway through the week, things got scratched because people couldn't agree on what was going to work. And then you saw, you ultimately saw this big mess, quarterback switching out and everything out on Saturday. I, I just think that Hugh is going to come in. I think he did it today. 
came in and said, listen, boys, this is what we're doing. It's RPO, what I do. I don't want to hear nothing else. Sure, you might have a suggestion. If I don't like it, tough crap. We're going to do what I want to do. But, Blake, I don't think it's going to be that hard for the players and uh, to really pick up this offense because it's it's not really changing that much, right? Absolutely. And I think that's where we got away from it last year is there was big stretches where we just weren't running RPO stuff, like nothing. I mean – you can go back to the first possession of the Texas A&M game and you're sitting here going, what was that? What was that? That's that's not Hugh Freeze. So what is that? And we're sitting here watching it saying, hey, uh, are you going to continue to let this happen? Or what's the deal here? Right. And then you talk about the pressers. So – I think now we're gonna we're we're not gonna go stretches without seeing RPO. I think he is he is on it. Uh, I think Peyton Thorne and the quarterback room, whoever it may be, uh, I think they are with the game plan. I think the receivers and the running backs, everybody, O line, all on the same page this year. It's you said it best. The rotation of the quarterbacks, all that is out the window. Like I don't know. I've said my piece on that, brother. Like, incredible what they were doing with that. I mean, that night in Baton Rouge was just a pure disaster. I mean, I just can't get over it. It was horrible. Ole Miss wasn't much better from an offensive standpoint. That's true, and that's a game that you actually had a chance to win. That's what was funny about that is, like, we were were giving opportunities. Like, we were just handed opportunities on a silver platter, and we're over here rotating quarterbacks. Yeah, like, one of the more frustrating nights I've had in Jordan Hare Stadium, and I've had a lot of frustrating ones these last couple of years. Man, come on now. I mean, that 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 one was that one was a head scratcher, and I think that's where a lot of people really started questioning the things. Like they were sitting here saying, "Hey, you know what's going on?" Because you had a chance to beat that team that went ten and two in the SEC. Like you. You legitimately were within one score of beating them, and you're over here rotating quarterbacks on first down. Like you pick up a first down, and then bang, rotation. All right, and then bang, penalty, false start because you're hearing a different cadence. I don't think there's going to be any of that this year, and I think it's going to be heavy RPO. And whoever the best man is wins the quarterback job, and you're going to get a lot of Cam Coleman, and he's a freak of nature. And I think you're going to get a lot of running the football. I think Jarquez Hunter coming back is big time. Uh, somehow they pulled Brian Batie out of the portal and got him to come back. Uh, you got Jeremiah Cobb. I want to see Jeremiah Cobb in the in the screen game a whole hell of a lot more. Whole hell of a lot more. Was not used enough this past fall. I think he is an absolute weapon. Uh, and even if you if you want to split him outside, split him outside, he can catch the football. He's a weapon. Use him. Uh, that was one of my biggest things last year is we weren't using our best players. It felt like, I mean, kid comes in and he has a day and then it's like you go a week without seeing him and everybody's in our comments saying, Hey, where's Jeremiah Cobb at? Uh, I don't know. He, I guess he just wasn't in the game plan this week. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's why that it was all head scratching last year. And what's crazy, Dustin, is we all sat here, everybody in this chat, me and you, we all sat here and said, hey, something's going on where there's like a disconnect. Yeah. 
somebody's not getting along, somebody's not agreeing, whatever. Like, we even talked about the OC might like this quarterback and the head coach might like this quarterback. That that was even a topic at one yeah. point. Like, it was just clear disconnect. So, I think everybody's on the same page this year, and that's what it takes to win football games. Yeah, and that's that's another reason why you go and get a Derek Nix is because Hugh knows Derek Nix. The, the roles were well-established. Derek Nix isn't taking this job. Despite what Ole Miss wants to tweet out, despite what Lane Kiffin wants to troll and say, Derek Nix knows, okay, that he's not calling the plays. And I know there was some some contract stuff and Auburn kind of had to, to dance around and play and all that. I don't have to, okay? I don't work for the school. I'm telling you, Hugh Free is going to be calling the plays. They came out and said a week before they hired him, this is what I'm going to do. Hugh Free said it out of his mouth and then – so let Lane Kevin do what he's going to do. Who who freeze is going to call the plays, bro? And uh, I just, I mean, we've said it a million times, but Blake, I think it's going to be a game changer for this offense. On top of having a guy out there in number eight that you can literally just throw the damn ball up to, and he's going to go get it. I think he's got to call plays, right? He's got to because this fan base. Oh, I mean, yeah. the, the pressure's there. Like we were calling for it last year. So now, if you don't call plays again this year, the fan base is on you, brother. So I think he's got to. Yeah, um, Blake Blake preached patience more than more than anybody I think, or more than most around Auburn last year. Um, and not that I wasn't preaching patience, but just Blake was five minutes after a tough loss. Patience, guys, patience. Yeah. Um, but like you said, I don't I don't know how much a couple tough losses this year, Blake, and I'll call you back and say I don't know how much longer you're gonna be on that, on that patience. I know how Auburn fans are, brother. Right, I know on. how they are. You you were just on the basketball team, all right? Our, all us right. Auburn fans, we were just on the basketball team. You lost at Alabama by four, and you're sitting here saying, man, those the, that basketball team, Bruce Pearl's losing it. He's losing <laughs> it. And, and then all of a sudden, you beat South Carolina by 40, and – you know, everything's back cool again, and then you lose to Kentucky, and it's that basketball team, they ain't worth a piss. You know, that basketball team, their first-round exit. And I'm like, hey, what's going on here, you know? Uh, but we, you do have to stay patient. But that first year, the disconnect was just crazy. Like, we really haven't seen anything like that, but besides maybe like Zach Arnett, but he was just thrown into the fire at Mississippi State. Right, right, right. So it, that wasn't really fair to him because he didn't even want that job. So, yeah. you know, Hugh just – I don't know, man. It was weird. So, like, you got to bring it year two, and I think everybody agrees with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, looking at the offensive side, uh, real quick, I want to speak on Jeremiah Cobb. Um, you know that I'm with you. 100%. This is no knock on Demario Austin or Batie because th- I'm with you. It was it was not that I want Batie off the team. I want him to go get his carries because, like, I just think he has a lot of carries and a lot of film he can put up somewhere else. And I don't even want to say a smaller school. I think he can go to another SEC, another Power 5 team, and contribute right away. I would have to kind of look at the running back rooms a little bit and really take a look at it. But I know, I'm, I'm sure there's rooms where Brian Batie can go get – significant reps to contribute like the kid has shown he can play in the sec he can run in between the tackles at that size so he's a weapon he's a tool and i'm shocked that we were able to get him back i love depth and love it at the running back spot that's what we do you know trey smith ronnie brown cadillac brendan jacobs that was a pretty 
pretty deep running back room. Didn't, you know, not, not saying this one is, this one is that one. It's clearly not. Um, even though I saw some crazy stuff flying around before the year last year. Uh, but listen, Demari Austin, dog, that guy. Okay. So don't take what I'm saying here. I, I just gave these two guys their flowers. Cobb's better than both of them, Blake. Cobb's better than them. He just is. As all around football, there's things they do better than Cobb. But third down of the running of the running backs on Auburn's on, on Auburn's roster right now. Third and six, Blake. Who do you want out there? You know, you already know. I want Jeremiah Cobb. I, you know, there was people last year saying that he's the only running back that knows how to pass, bro. And that's a fact. <laughs> And Demar now Demari Demari will get his Demari don't he's not scared of it yeah he'll get his he'll get his pass in there and do it but just like technical and all that Cobb's that dude and you can go back and look at scouting reports on Cobb bro he was 15 years old and people were saying oh oh pass pro out of this world yeah like I, it's just a skill set you know I, I talked to one of his coaches at that camp last year and I asked him I was like what's one weakness and he was like I don't know. He was like, I don't know. And he was like, I'm telling you. He's like, he's going to get on the field as a freshman. And I I told you all that before the season. I was like, hey, like, he's getting on the field as a freshman. And he's yeah. that good. Like, I just think he's – I think he's a star, and I don't want to see him slip into that transfer portal. That's my thing. That is – yeah, that's a good point. And, um, you know, that'll be uh, – because obviously when Cadillac recruited these guys and all that, so that's something to watch. But – you know, Derek Nix working the running back room as well. And I think Alvin Henderson's a good person to look at there. Alvin Henderson, the uh, 2025 running back, not committed to Auburn right now, but he's been, we've been a leader in his recruitment for a long time. He loved Cadillac. We were kind of worried that when Cadillac left, okay, we're going to lose out on Alvin Henderson now. Derek Nix meets with him. He says, no, I love Derek Nix. This was all great. Auburn's still in the lead, still in the running here. So, um, I th- you know, just something to watch. But yeah, Cobb's got to get his touches. We got to keep all these guys happy. And I just, I think he's going to earn them. I think, I just think he's going to earn them in the sense that, like, I obviously slot receiver is our, is where we're best at at receiver. Like Jay Fair, the Robert Lewis, the kid coming in from Georgia State. Like, that's where we're, you know, we have the most proven guys at, at slot. And I'm here to tell you, Bryce Kane's going to take reps from all of them. He just is. He just is. He's just he's just that he's just that good. And that's what it's gonna be, especially on this offensive side of the ball. And you know, when you talk about a guy like Jeremiah Cobb, that people that go and watch these guys and really break this stuff down, like you said, your coach told you there's not a weakness. Go back and listen to people talk about Connor Lou, who really know offensive line and all that. They were telling you when Connor Lou was a junior in high school, this kid's gonna come in and start somewhere as a freshman, somewhere on the line. Auburn coaches told us in camp last year, hey, Connor Lou boy, I'm telling you, he's going to play. He's going to play quick. Kay and Lee, first day of spring practice last year, working with the ones. I said, what? In our DB field, our, our defensive backfield last year, that's, that's, I'm not knocking the guys that are currently on the team, but when you bring in blue chip talent, when you bring in elite top tier talent, that's what it is. When I saw, uh, I believe it was uh, Auburn Daily, they put out some clips of, of Cam Coleman at practice today. And I quote tweeted and I said, and that's the best damn receiver that's ever set foot on that practice field. And that's just the reality of it. So when we look at this offense as a whole, I think it's two things, Blake. One, quarterback, obviously. Now, we and Blake hit this over the head 
was it last week, maybe two weeks ago. So if you want to hear a whole lot in depth about quarterback, we'll probably sure we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. It's gonna they're gonna have scrimmages, right? There's gonna be practices, there's gonna be storylines. We're gonna have to talk about it. Spoiler alert, me and Blake hate talking about quarterback all the damn time, but it is what it is. Um so we'll see how these practices go and all that kind of stuff. But obviously that's the main thing on offense, who steps up, who kind of takes control of that quarterback job. But then number two is just Hughes totally in charge now. And uh, and I want to get your thoughts on this play before we move on to the defense. But with Hugh in charge, I wonder, too, how much, like, does that affect the personnel? So, like, how much last year was Philip Montgomery um, – how much was the receiver packages? Maybe the, you know what I'm saying? Like what all personnel was impacted by the rift of the coaching staff between Montgomery and Hugh. And it wasn't a personal rift. It was a professional rift. I want to make that clear, but how much of all the personnel was impacted? It's all Hugh. Now, whatever he says goes, whatever, whoever he wants in this package, that package, whatever he wants. Was the call to throw a deep ball to Malcolm Johnson Jr. on the outside? Was that a Philip Montgomery thing? Was it a Hugh Freeze thing? Does it matter who the hell call it if now you have a six foot four Cam Coleman versus a five foot ten Malcolm Johnson? Does it even matter who's calling plays at all when you have that much of a talent difference going up to catch that ball this year? All these things I'm really excited to find out, and we will start to get some answers in spring. Bobby Barrels is on fire, by the way. I'm not trying to bring baseball yeah, into it. I mean, but Bobby Pierce does. is Bobby Pierce is killing the baseball right now. But does. look, Dustin, we didn't even know who the hell was on the field last year. All right. That's a fact. Like we our head coach was he's he was on the field. Mm. Uh, I thought it was this guy. All right. Ooh, yeah. I, I so that once again there there was there was that disconnect there. And I think it's going to be a lot different this year. Like, that was disturbing to me. When I heard that, like, we didn't even know who was on the field. Oh, that guy was out. That guy got hurt. He wasn't out yeah. on the field. Like, it's, it's, um, yeah, Chris, nobody knew. I, it's, 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 uh, there was just something off last year. There was something off. And I think everybody agreed and, and, they saw the same thing, and you know, I think Hugh. That's why you saw all the changes, is because mm-hmm. Hugh was Hugh said, "Hey, I love these guys. They're great. They're great coaches. But I got to get the people that I'm familiar with, so we can run our system. I've been around these guys, so I want to work with these guys. Then let's start building a program. All right." So you don't have all the disconnect of of this guy has worked worked for me for two years and this guy's a newcomer and this yeah. guy, you know, and then you've got this guy and this guy fighting on the practice field and this guy's threatening to leave <laughs> and these players are threatening to leave if this guy leaves and all this. So there was just – it was a, a bomb last year. It was a bomb. So you take it and you take that piece of paper and you crumble it up and you Kobe that thing in the trash can, mm. all right? You Kobe it. You take that New Mexico State loss, <laughs> crumble it up, and you Kobe that thing, Please, all right? God. Kobe it Get out of my out. memory for me, Blake. Get it out. Look, that, that was a painful day. It was a painful day. I don't like revisiting, but we're going to get past it. I promise you, we're going to get past <laughs> it. We're going to make it just like Michigan made it after they lost to Appalachian State. 
just like, you know, every other program's made it. I mean, hell, LSU lost at night to Troy and Baton Rouge. So, you know, it, it it's going to get better, I promise. Uh, but it starts with that. You got to bring in guys you're familiar with. And I think you did that. So that was a step in the right direction. But I do not want to hear after Oklahoma, if we lose, well, we scrapped the game plan in the middle of the week, you know. I don't want to hear none of that. All those excuses are out the window, all right? They're out the window. Yeah, let's go to here and holler at the people before we get over and talk about a big-time commitment and then transition into the defensive side. Ray Snow checking in from the 850 War Damn Eagle guys from Crestview, Florida. Y'all growing out there in Crestview, Ray. Y'all growing out there. I see you, buddy. Appreciate you, 850 boys. Stand up. Tim the Toolman Taylor getting in here and saying, we are getting after it baby you know that's what we do tim brody says what do y'all think about jc hart i honestly think dude is gonna be a star um yeah so here in a couple i'd say somewhere around a week we're gonna have on you know some people that have been at practices interviewing it and all that kind of stuff and we'll definitely as the updates roll in we'll kind of talk about that but just my preliminary thoughts on jc is uh obviously super athletic kid one of the fastest kids on the team you know kind of heard stuff about him trying receiver last year trying db so um i'm just He's a, he's a superior athlete, a kid that has the um, kind of a surprising frame. I've stood next to him, and I was like, you're taller than I thought you were going to be. Uh, so, a kid I'm really – I'm excited to see watch. A local kid uh, that grew up an Auburn fan. Uh, I remember when he committed, he talked about, like, yo, this is my dream for real. Um, so, we always want to see those kids succeed at Auburn. Immensely talented, comes from a very, very small – High school situation probably took him a little bit to get adjusted to the SEC and all that. Let's see what position he plays. You know, we saw our guy, a good example of a player like this, Brody, not as highly touted as Trevon Reed was, but it took Trevon Reed three years to find his position. And then ultimately he goes to the NFL. You realize, okay, that he should have been playing DB all along. Hopefully it doesn't take that long for JC. Let's see what the, um, let's give it a couple of days here, a couple of weeks, and let's kind of see what, you know, what it is. And it might, I will say this though, whatever he, DB, wide receiver, wherever J.C. ends up kind of sticking at. Um, and they might have already made that decision. Just the last – it's not a player that I've I've asked about recently, right? So we'll get back to, we'll get back to you on this one. But um, I, I, I would say I think he's going to be – I think he's probably going to stick over there on the defensive, defensive backside. Uh, but a kid that has a ton of talent and a, a big frame, very athletic, super fast. I'm excited to see him. But I don't think – what I was going to say, Brody, was I'm not sure if this year is the year. Because let's say it's defensive back, you've already got a whole lot of studs there. Even though they're young, there's a lot of studs there that are are kind of ready to go. Um, and then at receiver, maybe, you know. But, again, you got some young guys there like Bryce Kane, Perry Thompson, Michael Simmons. Kane. These guys are really, really dogs. So I'm just not sure if, uh, if J.C. can get on this year. I would say watch him in special teams. A guy with his skill set definitely could be on kickoff coverage, punt coverage, that kind of thing. So I, I do think that you'll see him get out there in the field on that. You got any thoughts on J.C. Blick? I agree with you. It's going to be tough for him to get on this year. Uh, I think special teams, like you said, uh, maybe if an injury happens like they always do, you could see him. But uh, it's, a talent, it's a talented room. It's a talented yeah, sure. room. Uh, it's young, but it's talented. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that, look, maybe a month or two after Perry shows up, so there might, it's going to be some shuffling 
in the wide receiver room either way. Um, and then Blake Patterson, I see your comment asking about Bruce Pearl in basketball. I got you starred. Don't let me forget it. I'll get to that one in the end. I want to kind of keep it football, but I will get to you um, on the end of that because this I got I got a point to make on, on your comment there. Um, and then Blake says that I'm pulling for J.C. Hart. The kid could be special. Absolutely. Brad getting in here saying up-tempo, war damn eagle. Brody says, could have killed Texas A&M with them RPOs. Literally blitzed the majority of the game. Listen, y'all, we have played Ole Miss or uh, A&M here the last three times. And in 12 quarters, Robbie Ashford threw a touchdown pass. That's how many times we scored versus A&M in the last 12 quarters. Or reached the end zone. We've scored some field goals. But we we crossed the pile on once. One time with possession of that football. Bad, bad, bad stuff. Now, luckily, we brought that D.C. that we couldn't score on over here. So now he's on our squad. Let's see what that means. But, yeah, it was there. And Brody, to your point, bud, that press conference, and then I believe it was that mid that that press conference in the in the midweek, that Tuesday presser as well. Hugh was pretty vocal, Blake. You talked about a couple of times where he said, Hey, we didn't run my RPOs, and I want to run my RPOs. I correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure the AM game was when that started. When he started saying, You're not running my stuff. Yep. Yep. We <laughs> just go back and turn the tape on and watch the very first play of the AM game and you'll see what we're talking about. Mm, I, it, the first one sucked and the, the third down one was the one where I was like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah. It, rough. Rough. At bad. Hey, and then and then we drive down the field and get to AM's 40 and decide we want to get fancy. All right. But like I, I I just didn't get any of that. Any of that. Man, we were running the ball right down AM's throat and just happened running a the ball. Time. Yeah, happened a couple of times this year, Blake. Just went yeah. away from the run. Just abandon it. Like, I don't know. I don't get yeah. it. Even think back to Jarquez's hot streak where he was having – remember we had three games there where he had over 100 yards? Not one time did he carry the ball over 20 times. Boy, I'm turning – you're getting 25 touches if I'm calling them plays, man. This is Auburn University – we don't give a damn, bro. We we beat Tennessee with Nick Marshall completing two passes. I don't care. Now, you remember the days of Kenny getting off the bus saying, I'm going for 200, you know? Like, yeah. Bro, feed him. He is a horse. He is a unit. Like, give him the football, bro. Like, and guess yeah. what? You got so many of them back there. When he gets tired, all right, you, you sub him out and you put the next one in there and you keep handing him that thing, bro. Yeah. And if, there is no and look, we're not. I'm not. I I know what I just said about Nate Marshall completing two passes. I know that you got to move forward here in the 21st century. You guys listen to us. You know all the time we joke about that. Um, we want to see Auburn start completing freaking passes. Okay, you got to two two three thousand yard passers ain't it in the history of your program? And our guy Mike G actually dropped a an AU mix pod this week where he really kind of broke down just how ain't, teams ain't winning. Period. You ain't winning titles if you ain't passing for three thousand yards. But what I'm saying is. There ain't if you're running the ball down somebody's throat, and there ain't a real Auburn fan in this world that's gonna go, you're running it too much. Boy, pound that rock, baby. It's running back you, huh? What's Alabama do? Whatever works. Hey, they run that thing, they'll tote that thing right down your throat. All right. They what did Michigan do this year? Michigan ran the football. <laughs> they, they, they went up to Penn State and said, watch this. 
pounded that thing. Said, hey, Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards, running it right down your throat. All right. J.J. McCarthy, play action. Uh. Tight end. Uh. That was it. But they didn't they didn't have no complex offense and go five wide and all the you know, they didn't do none of that. Right. Bro, yeah. two tight ends, all right? Straight up, just eye formation, all right? We're about to pound it. We're about yeah, to hand me. this thing off. And we're gonna run it right down your throat. We're coming A gap. We're coming A gap and we're gonna run it right down your throat. Then win a national championship. Yeah, that mindset will definitely do it. You know, um, I, I keep quoting things that Mike G done tonight, but he talked to Jason Campbell and JC talked about in the middle of the season, they were running goal line drills, middle of the season, full pad goal line <laughs> drills in 04, 7 and 0, 8 and 0, don't matter because to them, they didn't care. They wanted to have the bragging rights all week in practice. They wanted to have the bragging rights in the dorms around campus. Like, y'all didn't get us today. Um, it's a mindset, bro. And yeah. that's why me and Blake are, are really going to pound culture this year. As Miller, as Miller says, we're developing culture for sure. And, and and I know I've made this point already on this podcast, but open day spring practice, it's crucial to make it again. You see a baseball team that's on fire right now. Blake was with the baseball team this weekend. He hung out with them. He'll tell you. It's a close-knit group, okay? Listen to Bruce Pearl. He's been talking these last couple of weeks. This basketball team, close, close-knit group. That is not an accident that these teams are winning games. You cannot win. Like, I'm telling you, man, it, you might be able to win with some stuff going on, but there has to be a mutual respect when you clock in. You can't let the stuff going on invade the field. You can't let it invade the locker room. Make that culture toxic. Once that culture is toxic, man, because in this league, in the SEC, Auburn's already fighting an uphill battle. I'm not breaking any news here, guys. We're never going to have the resources of Alabama. We're never going to have the resources of an LSU. We're never going to have the resources of a Texas A&M. We're never going to have the resources of a Georgia. We're fighting an uphill battle. Tennessee, they're the only program in that state. They don't have anything to compete with. Vanderbilt, come on now. Look at the league. We're fighting a battle here. So we already are, are behind those teams in resources, not by a whole lot. We're not Ole Miss compared to them, but we're not them is what I'm saying. We're already fighting that battle. On top of when kids recruit, when recruits visit Auburn now, they leave the football games and go, that was hype for a basketball school. That's how long we've sucked at football. Everyone was on C.J. Stroud for what he said, and, and I, I don't want to go too far down that road because there is points to be made and all that kind of stuff, and I'm not trying to – Y'all, I'm an Auburn guy, right? I'm not going up against Auburn. But the point I'm making is C.J. Stroud don't remember when Auburn was good at football. It's been that long. It's been that long. So I didn't like what he said either, but that's the reality. That's the reality. So developing this culture, Miller, it starts right now, man. And and when, when we talk about these young guys that want to be at Auburn, here's what I hope happens, Blake. I hope what Rivaldo said just plays itself out. I hope that the players in the locker room weed out the quitters. I hope that the culture becomes one where they say, hey, dog, you were 10 minutes late today. We'll see you tomorrow. And if you're late again, we don't want you on the team. Because speaking of that 04 team, that 2010 team, what they have? 
leaders. You can leaders. point to the leaders. You know exactly that Josh Bynes was a leader, that Cam Newton was a leader. What did Cam Newton do the week of the George with everything swirling around Auburn's program? Cam Newton took the entire program and said, I will lead you this week. Get on my back. Yep. Allegations, all that. ESPN focused in on us, trying to bring us down, all that. Get on my back. Auburn, fans, players, coaches, get on my back and go. Leadership. My hope, Miller, is that these young cats come in and develop this culture and weed out the BS, dog, because I'm here to tell y'all there's still some quitters on this team. You remember the uh, the all-access video of Cam in the locker room at halftime against Clemson? Oh, gives me goosebumps. And he was like, hey, all that next drive-ish, he was like, it's out the window. All right, it's out. It's gone. Ain't no more next drive. We'll get them next drive. It's this drive. We got to score, dog. We're down 17 to nothing. We got to go right now. We ain't got but 30 minutes left. We got to go now. I'm going to tell you all something about chemistry and a brotherhood in a locker room. All right, I was listening to an NBA podcast. I know it's off of college football, but this is still a locker room. This is a professional locker room. My man Jeff T, at the league now, was saying, hey, this is how much it means to be a close-knit family in the locker room. Paul George, all right, and uh, Kawhi Leonard. In the regular season, they took like 17, 18 shots a game. They weren't a close team. So when they got in the playoffs, Paul George and Kawhi started taking 23, 24, 25 shots a game. What do you think the team who wasn't close, the bench guy said? Hey, dog, you're taking our shots. Like, why are you taking seven, eight more shots than you were in the regular season? Mm. And he said he had to go up to a couple of them and say, hey, these these cats, they're the ones making $40 million a year, dog. Like, they're the superstars. They're Team USA. Like, like these are the right. guys. These are the ones. But they didn't understand that because they weren't close. They, they didn't get along. He said – after they left the facility, there was no hanging out. There was no going to this place with your homie or anything like that. It was nothing. It was go to your home. Don't talk until tomorrow, until you come back for practice. And then after practice, it was the same thing all over again. So when they got in the playoffs, they were like, ah, shit, screw it. Like, right. th these two were just wanting to shine by themselves, so let them do it. Yeah. And he said, they got their ass whooped. Point blank, period. Like, they got whooped. He was like, we, we had one of the best teams in the league, and we got eliminated. He was like, that's what happens when you're not close. So. Yeah, it, it shows, man. You got Again, you got evidence staring you in the face at Auburn, and um, that's some interesting insight. Karen says, I hate hearing about QB all the time. Let's at least get through spring and summer. So, yeah, Karen, now, look, I, I say what me and Blake hate it. It's just that, um, it's the, for one, it's the conversation driver, right? You want to get an episode to do numbers? Put a quarterback on that thing, baby. Um, but there's a reason for that, right? It is the most important position on the field and all that kind of stuff. You take Cam Newton off of 2010, you probably go eight and four. We understand all that. Uh, the frustration Karen comes in with, I think that it's because every spring we're talking about not knowing who the guy is. We probably wouldn't mind if we had a season every now and then where we were coming in feeling like, okay, this guy's got it on lock. The last time I felt comfortable with the QB situation was, I guess, Stidham's second year in what would be 2018. So that's, 
That's five years of QB battles and uncertainty. So that'll that'll get you there, Karen. I hear you, baby. I'm I'm with you. I mean, I want a guy, Walker White, dog. I want you to I'll be real with you. I want you to be the one. Not this year. I know we, we tell you all the time, man. True freshman. But I'm hoping down the line. I want it to be my guy, Walker White. Baby. Who whoever it is this year. I, I Hank just want, Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Come out and be real with me. You know, just come out, come out and say, hey, this guy was the dog, and then we can go from there. But I'm not going to sit here every single day and be like, well, here's the deal with quarterback. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vegas odds changed by 20 points. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're not, we ain't going to play that game, man. Uh, but we'll definitely, we'll definitely got to keep an eye on it because it's, I really do believe you after he said it's wide open. Cause I, like Blake said, man, you just, you can't go down that road again. All right, so we've talked enough offense. We're going to get over here and talk about the defense. Before we do, Blake, real quick, man, I want to shout out to our sponsors over at the Barner Supply Company, man. Go over there. They have been shipping out merch left and right, man. They're popping off. They're one of the hottest Auburn companies there is right now. The link is in the description. If you want to help us out, specifically use that link in the description. Click on that. Go over there. I'm telling you, I just think that this hat over here on the far right is absolutely filthy. I got mine on the way. And I had my shirt come in the other day. Got the Barner on the front, the nice baseball cursive lettering. See that Barner on the back? I wore this baby the other day in Winn-Dixie. I set a gump off. I'm telling you, it set a gump off. It set him off. He didn't know what to do. He said, you stupid barner. I said, I turned around and said, yeah. Yeah, you damn right. You damn right. So own that thing, man. Click on that link. Go check that out. Also, um, about to talk about this commitment. If you're one of our members, you got a full breakdown on the way. Blake, talk to the members real quick. Let the people that aren't signed up know what they could be getting. What are they missing out on, man? They are missing out on the JV squad for $3.99 a month, Dustin. Members only live chat, member shout outs, priority reply to comments. If you are a member, we will bring yours up immediately uh, as soon as we get to that talking point. So early access to videos. Guess what? Members, you're getting a video tonight from Dustin. As soon as we get done here, I'm dropping it. It'll be hot in your hot in your feed, so go check it out. Five ninety nine a month, Varsity Squad game day group chat. <laughs> that thing is popping. All right, it's popping right now in the middle of the show. Mm-hmm. All right, right, recruiting updates, uh, gameplay with you. We just actually started the whole different YouTube channel with Ike Jones putting that on Twitter today. We both retweeted it. <laughs> go check it out. There's going to be a lot of exciting stuff going on there. Watch the film Auburn baseball. I am currently in the process with getting my first one together and getting it all worked out, ironed out. There is some swings that I want to look at from Jacksonville that I was very, very pleased with. I actually shouted a guy out today on Twitter, Christian Hall, who actually just hit a bomb, and today is his birthday. Hmm. And and he got back with me and told me how much he appreciated it. I'm super proud of him. But, man, if you're not a member, you're missing out. Go join today. Yeah, and I actually um, a couple of days ago I actually figured out a little thing that I can do um, to how to just there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. But you got clear stuff with YouTube. Will this work? Blah blah blah. But I'm gonna be doing some watch the film uh, basketball stuff as well. So stay on the lookout mm-hmm. for that, man. We got Auburn's uh we're we're cranking it up on the basketball recruiting front. So I'm gonna go sh- uh, 
got some videos coming out for that. And also, we got a shortstop committed locally about 15 minutes down the road from me. So I'm going to be going checking him out. Now, he, Blake tells me he might be too good. He might not ever even make it to Auburn. But I'm going to go check him out because, you know, Ike Iris was too good. And he should never came to Auburn. And Butch was still able to reel him in. So, you know, we're going to go check him out here. Members, stay on the lookout for that. We all know we are dropping that content. Like Blake said also, man. If you are a gamer, okay, now it's gonna be it's not it's not gonna be centered around Auburn. We're trying to reach out a much broader audience, but if you are a gamer, War Report Gaming, type it in right there on your YouTube or go to our Twitters right there. The War Report Gaming, go check it out. Um, dropped our first pod talking about the new NCAA game coming out. It's gonna be news. We're gonna be ho- ho- uh, hosting tournaments. We're gonna be live streaming. And look, it's something me and Blake have been fired up for a while because yeah. um, we 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 we're ourselves. But there is a certain level of professionalism we have to do because people from the age of 15 to 85 might want to watch an Auburn football podcast. Um, we don't have to worry about that. Streaming video games. You want to see me and Blake for real, for real? <laughs> Tune in over there. And uh, don't don't let you – if your kids are – Maybe under the age of 10, I just tune it out. You know what I mean? Come over there, man. We're going to have a whole lot of fun. It's going to be a blast. Got to get a lot of technology kind of ready to live stream a game, but we're in the process. We're in the lab is what I'm saying. Me and Blake are straight cooking, doing our traditional reporter thing, doing our new school video game thing. We just doing it, baby. We just doing it. But uh, let's get over here, man. Big, big commitment from our guy, Devin Williams, a four-star out of Buford, Georgia. Boy, oh, boy. Commitments from Phoenix City, commitments from Mobile, Alabama, commitments from Buford, Georgia. What the hell is going on? Hugh <laughs> Freeze, come on down. Four star, uh, 5'10, buck 60, the ninth commitment of the 25 class. He is, um, which we are currently uh, seventh, according to Rivals. Rivals has him as the number 11 DB in the country, the number 12 player in the state of Georgia. 24 7 has him listed as the 113th overall prospect in the country i did the video today for the members y'all are gonna see it i'm telling y'all devin williams jc hart and bryce kane and malcolm simmons don't look at me malcolm line these boys up and i want to see in the 40 who crosses the line first this kid is fast and Mm. probably the highest iq db blake that i have seen coming Coming as a out of, out of high school to Auburn since maybe Roger, maybe Carlton. I'm telling you, man, the the ball skills. There's one play our members will see it. He has got his back turned. He did, he never turns around, and as the ball crosses, boop, knocks it down. Receivers got him beat. Just yeah, high, high, high IQ. And um, he also talked about Wesley McGriff, Charles Kelly. He sat down with Charles Kelly, watched some film, and said, I want to be a part of this. I want this guy coaching me. And then he also said that the amount of defensive backs that Auburn has put into the NFL was a huge thing for him. He specifically named Carlton, Jamel, and Roger McCreary as a big part of. And he even said, Blake, uh, he said there's kind of a narrative out there that you can't make it to the NFL from Auburn. He said that other teams kind of negatively recruited Auburn that way. And he said, well, I'm a DB, and there's a long list. It's, it's becoming DBU. So yeah. I'm glad that he was able to kind of identify that. And that's the importance of cranking guys out into the pros. That's 100% correct. Uh, 
maybe on offense you could negatively yeah. recruit that Definitely way. Good that, yeah. Um, I don't. That that's that's shocking to me. Um, but look, Dustin says it all the time. Auburn is DBU, man, and you're seeing it right here, right now. It's live in action. Charles Kelly, crime dog. They're not going after kids. <clears throat> excuse me. They're not going after kids. Three stars, trying to turn them into five stars. We ain't saying no names, but they're going after studs. And you're seeing it right here. You're getting four and five star kids in here. And it's going to start stacking, being repetitive over and over and over again. What do we always say? College football is one with Jimmy's and Joe's. Then it goes to X's and O's. So you got to stack the dudes. It just just doesn't happen overnight, unfortunately. But um, Dustin, I know exactly what you're laughing at because I saw it in the comments. <laughs> and uh, but <laughs> but look, Devin Williams is going to be a star. This is a big time get. I love the talent that we're bringing into the secondary. I always tell y'all. I'm never worried about the secondary. I see it in the comments. People are like, hey, how do you feel about the secondary? It's Auburn. It's Auburn. We're always going to have a secondary that's got some dogs in it. That's just point blank, period. I'm not worried about it. We got crime dog back there. Mm, literally dogs. Like, yeah. Yes, we got dogs. Charles Kelly, one of the best recruiters. You think I'm worried about the safety position? Absolutely not. Mm. Just, I'm not. And, guys, like I said, I'm sorry about my throat. My voice is gone. <laughs> hey. Let me tell y'all something real quick story off of football. The reason my voice is gone, y'all don't know why. Auburn's down three to two in the seventh <laughs> inning against Iowa, and Mason Mainers hit one to the moon. All right. And I come up out of my seat, and it was one of those as soon as he made contact, it was ting. And I said, Oh, that's why I ain't got my voice. All right. <laughs> <laughs> because then they started flying out the ballpark. It was Mason. It was Bobby. It was everybody. It was yeah. Christian Hall. Everybody. So that's why I ain't got my voice. Hey, real fan, baby. Real fan. <laughs> Karen says, you're on a roll tonight. Thank you. And Pop says, y'all don't want to see Dusty for real. You know, that's my Pop. <laughs> but he puts in the Dusty. He says, yeah. y'all don't want to see Dusty for real. Take my word for it. I love you, Dad. What are you saying, Pop? What are you, what are you saying? Come on, Pops. I wasn't that bad, man. <laughs> Devin, uh, I can't wait for this video game thing, man. It's going to be a blast. Uh, Devin says, War Eagle fellas, can't believe we are already talking about spring ball. Feels like we just finished lamenting about our bowl loss. Devin, that's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, we dust ourselves back off. Uh, Blake's probably got four or five texts somewhere in this thread saying, I'm never coming to another Auburn game again. And then – Two weeks later, I bought my tickets and went to another all game. <laughs> so yeah, this is uh this is this is just what we do, Devin. We, we're addicted to pain. I think I texted you right after the bowl game, and I was like, Dustin, it's time to give it up, brother. Because we just can't buy one. We just can't buy one. Like, and and I'll be honest with you, that Penn State game ruined me. It ruined me. It 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 has taken a lot for me to go back. It ruined me. It really did. Like, that is why you always hear me talking about how much I hate that dude. All right. Because <laughs> it just, it's like, I, I've never looked at my wife and said, Hey, get up. All right. Get up. We're leaving. I've never left early. And I said, Hey, I'm not doing it today. 
All right, it's 105 degrees, and we got <laughs> we got this drive back to Mobile. Get up and let's go. Yeah, that was uh, that was a bad day. At the time, it was my worst day there, but mm. boy, boy, things kept going. Because um, <laughs> I keep going. Miller says it's a lot uh, a lot of buying from this team going into year two. A big difference compared. Yeah, Miller to this point, <laughs> yeah. man, and I, I don't want to make this uh, you know a, a bash to potato against the wall thing, <laughs> but listen. Um, to Blake's point, we were at the Tiger Walk. And my lion, Blake, it was literally a feeling of like, this has to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking like, yo, if we get smacked today, this thing's going down. Because yep. you didn't have nothing else to hang your hat on. We yep. all knew that recruiting was in the dumps. We all knew that like the week before we looked like dog crap versus San Diego or San Jose State. Yep. Um, We already knew what kind of where it was. It, it felt like already game three year two it felt like the program was hanging in the balance and that's the importance of recruiting too was he obviously had a q said his first year was bad he said yo i i fell short but when you bring in a top seven recruiting class it'll allow us to kind of look away and say okay we'll give you some more time when you're down in the 50s and then you get thumped yeah so to your point blake it uh, our miller it is a big difference, man. It, it just it just feels different. And me and Blake are going to continue to preach, you know, have reasonable expectations coming into this year. But even if this team goes seven and five this year, if they go seven and five, things look cleaner than they did last year on the field. You just it's if it's just death issues and young guys taking their lumps, and you sign another top ten recruiting class, then yeah, it's a it's a night and day mm-hmm. difference than where this going. Um, and even, I mean, by the by like year three or four of Gus, you were kind of like, is this going in the right direction? So, you know, but but Hugh's got to put some dubs up. Okay. It's gotta look, it's gotta look better on the field. And that was always my thing with last year. I was never pissed about the losses. I was pissed about the way they looked. The way they like, looked. Yep. We, we lost the old miss by a touchdown and we changed quarterbacks the whole game. Seven games into the season. We're still doing this. At That's home. when I was getting just irate with it. And you remember, remember at the old miss game, people were like, there's this whole creed thing that goes on and, and all this where you can't boo. Don't I heard boos. And I, I'm just <laughs> telling y'all I was there. The boos were directed at Hugh Freeze. They were not. I, I heard it. They were, and it was and even more so specifically at the quarterbacks being rotated. Those were the boos, and the words that were being said following the boos were, "I saw this last year. Hey, this doesn't work. We tried this last week. It didn't work. Yep. Right. And so that was just the frustration that night in the stadium, and we were all at Tumor's Corner after just pulling our hair out like dog. When is this?" going to stop so to that like Hugh can't have more any more nights like that he's gonna lose next year that's fine but it can't feel like that or we're not gonna go well you you got the top seven recruiting class if it continues to go like that not gonna care man because at some point i gotta see you start putting it together and i'm not expecting eight i'm not even expecting eight wins next year and I just want it to look clean, man. Look clean. There's some media members who are saying eight or it's a failure. So not well, not was, not from Auburn. I'm just saying yeah. around the around the SEC. 
There's there's one guy, SEC uh, Mike, I believe, said Auburn's going nine and three, Dustin. Man, pass it, brother. Pass it. I would like to know what dispensary you got it from. Roll it up tight for me and pass it over here because I would love to go on that a couple times and, and get on your level, dude. I would love to I would love to see that. Um, I mean, like under on how in what world does that happen? Like, sure, man, I'm not we got if Peyton has a Joe Burrow year. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. If everything falls into place and Auburn wins a turnover margin by 18 next year and all this kind of stuff, sure. Sure, we could stumble into nine and three. Sure. Um, C pops in and says, Hey, fam, more damn eagle. Brett, our guy Brett popping up saying, Dustin, I'm still available for assistant work. Brother, can you make graphics? (laughs) (laughs) If you can make graphics, bro, and and you can do them for the cheap and you like doing graphic design, you got my DM, baby. Holler at your boy. Uh, Because me and Blake, we like ball. Some of this other stuff in the podcast game, we did not know was a thing, bro. We did not know was a thing. Um, all right, Blake, real quick, man, we've gone a little bit longer than I thought we were going to tonight. So we'll wrap this thing up here in about five or 10 minutes, but I do want to touch on these two guys right here. We talked about how Hugh Freeze kind of already having his offense somewhat established last year, kind of cleaning up, getting it, his, his whole system installed right now, but Mm -hmm. DJ Durkin and Charles Kelly, look, what Ron Roberts did was pretty unique, pretty specific to him, right? So this is going to be something different. I'm I'm interested to see how this works. I mean, Charles Kelly's the co-DC. It's really DJ. You know, he's the, he's the DC and all that. But I'm interested to see kind of how it works. You know, DJ is kind of the front end, the defensive line guy, the specialist. And then Charles Kelly, obviously the secondary guy with Wesley McGriff back there. I like the staff. I think it's an, uh, maybe an elite defensive staff because I think that Josh Aldridge is that freaking dude. I don't know how much longer we're going to hold on to him, honestly. He's just he's going to have a raise, a promotion coming his way very, very, very soon. Um, but that is my question here, Blake, is uh, the obvious stuff of how quickly does the defense get it and all that. And something to watch there is you got a lot of young guys. So interesting kind of thinking out loud here. Do they um, – because they're all kind of young, is it not hard for them? Right, like is it like the freshman? It's it's first time for them anyway, so it ain't nothing. Um, it's just be interesting to see one how all the coaches mesh, and then how quickly they kind of pick up the scheme, pick up the terminology. Because this is not a situation like the offense. This is a this is some new stuff coming in here. You got new positions. I mean, we know like with, with Kaufman and Keontae, what they were doing last year. I'm not saying that you won't see any of that stuff this year, but like a lot of that was Ron Roberts's stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a whole new deal coming in. So this is really where my eyes are trained. Young guys, not a whole lot of depth, a lot of new guys over there. We believe in them. We think that Sylvester Smith is a dog, but I gotta see it. Uh, yep. So it's kind of what are your thoughts about defense here, brother? Uh, young in the secondary, I think we have a lot of talent. But like you said, we're young. We're young. We're going to have to lean on guys like Eugene Hassanti, uh Jalen McLeod, um, Austin Keys. Hopefully he can stay healthy all year this year. And, you know, we, we got to figure out a pass rush. We got to find a way to generate a pass rush to help these young guys on that back end. That's what it comes down to me. You know, I, we we got to put pressure on the on the quarterback because that'll help those young guys back there. That's going to help them in coverage. All right, because there's going to be some them, some busted plays 
where we give up some yardage and everybody's going to freak out. Like, I get it, you know. It's going to take a minute for everybody to get used to DJ Durkin, what he likes to call, what he likes to run, whatever. All right? We're young. We're going to take some lumps. We just – we got to be – you got to be patient. I know I hate saying that over and over again, but you got to be patient because it is going to take time. All right. Now, thank goodness we get our front end at the crib at Jordan Hare. Right. I think that's a that that is huge. That is bigger than what a lot of people think. But there there's going to be some communication problems. And there's going to be some busted plays, and it's just going to take a minute and. Like I said, thank goodness we got them first couple at the crib because we're going to have the crowd on our side. We're not going to have to walk into a happy valley with 110,000 people and we're sitting here (laughs) blowing coverages and, you know, we're losing our mind and everything. We're young. We might miss a tackle in the open field. That's another thing that we need to get better at that we couldn't do last year. DB specifically, Mm. um, we we just – we got to be better, and and I know like guys like Champ Anthony, that's a guy that come up and and he worked his way on the field. He's talented, mm-hmm. but he's still young. He still had limited playing time. He's good. Yeah, Colton Hood. But Colton Hood, it might take a minute for them to be, you know, everyday guys because last year they weren't. So, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a there's gonna be growing pains. Gonna be growing pains. Yeah, JD, but they got to grow up quick. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you make good points about us being at home, right? That's a very good point you're making. Like, so you get you get Cal coming in there week two. It's a manageable game, and then you got Alabama A and M right there at the top. So I do like the way the schedule sets up for that young secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So let's see. Our guy, Mister ODR, says, "How do you feel about the QB coach, brother? I was calling for Ken Austin to be QB coach um, before the season last year, so." Um, I'm super excited about it. What I was going to say, Blake, I didn't mean to cut you off, was that I think that J.D. is going to be it's, – it's his time. I know that he had some personal stuff happen last year. Um, I don't uh, – don't take this as – I won't say that. I'll just say that a lot of stuff going on on that coaching staff. And, I mean, you, you saw the guys, right? Like you saw Keontae Scott enter the portal or whatever really happened there. You saw Kay and Lee. Like a lot of those guys were defensive backs. We all kind of know the Wesley McGriff – Ron Roberts riff at this point. I'm not saying that JD's all his situations were specific to that. I'm just saying that there was a lot of stuff going on in that locker room last year. If it was something that was over the top or egregious, Hugh with, with JD, Hugh never would have made the statement he said about we want to get him back in the fold. He just got some things he got to yeah. do and all that kind of stuff. So um they believe in JD. And so I just want JD to stay on the right track. I think he's one of the most talented players on this football team, man. And I think he's He's got all the opportunities to show it this year. I think he's a Sunday player, and I think he's a, he can be a Sunday player for a long time. The whole skill set's there for J.D. Rim. So uh, this is your spring, baby. Come in, grab that thing by the horns, and take over. Um, before we get out of here, let's see. Uh, Mr. Odor with another question. Running back coach, how's he? That is Derek Nix coming over from Ole Miss. And, you know, me and Blake talked about this at the time. We don't want to – this is not a knock on our guy Cadillac. We love him but I just think that it's the best thing overall for the program to kind of get Derek Nixon here. It, it's continuity with Hugh, and he's just he's a guy that's done it for a long time, man. He's, he's, he's been in the game for a minute. He knows what he's doing. He's got recruiting relationships and all that kind of stuff. So 
I'm excited about that. I had a couple more star comments, guys. We're about to get out of here. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Y'all know that we will be back with a fresh episode at the end of the week. Uh, our guy Daniel says, if Hank Brown beats Peyton, does he transfer? And then Brett says, I don't know about Peyton, but if Hank finishes in front of Holden, he gone. Uh, Blake <laughs> thinks that Holden will be out of here after spring. He's been pretty vocal about that. We'll see how it all goes, man. With Auburn and quarterback right now, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. I've got no idea. Maybe Hank Brown is just the dog. Maybe he's just the guy. Maybe he's just the best one in there. And we're going to find out. We're going to find out. And we're going to find out sooner than later, bro. One thing Peyton can't do, one thing Peyton can't do is come out there and get outperformed in A-Day, and then that be the last thing the fans see until the fall. Because, oh, my God, if he does that, Blake. The thing that they put the clips together in today, it was Peyton, then Holden, then Hank, then Walker. I don't know if that was the true order, probably, but they, they put the clips out there on social media, and that was the rotation. Um, I don't know. Holden, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I just – I think you're in a lose-lose situation if it's Holden Garner because not not his talent. I think he is in a lose-lose because if he loses this year, you lost to Peyton Thorne, all right? And then next year, people are going to be calling for Walker White. So you're in a lose-lose. So you got to win it. And if you don't, I think he's out. So Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, like I said, about to get out of here. Smash the thumbs up. Sub to the channel if you haven't. Get over there to that Warport Gaming if that's something that you're interested in. Um, the problem solver says pass it in the huddle. We ain't Texas AM, baby. We ain't Texas AM. Listen, uh, wait, just wait, wait till after the season and then and then do all that, you know. Or, or wait, you know what? Better yet, just wait till you get done playing at Auburn and then do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, Zachary says, just got out of the gym catching my first live show. Let's WDE, go. let's go, baby. We appreciate you, Zach. We are here live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. And then Brett says, Dustin, I'm a child of the 80s, high school grad from 96. We barely had computers in school. I know very little about this tech world. I hear you, brother. Um, I graduated in high school in 2010, so a little bit down the line from you, and I still don't know nothing, big dog, because I never spent any time on the computers. There was ball to be played and ball to be watched, and that's where I was. Blake, you got any closing thoughts before we get out of here, brother? Go turn on ESPN Plus or SEC Plus or whatever paywall they put you on for college <laughs> baseball. Uh, Auburn is kicking tail right now, 10-3, to three, bottom six over the Sanford Bulldogs. The 23rd-ranked Auburn baseball Tigers, 6-1 and one on the year, trying to be 7-1. and one. Got a big series against UConn this weekend. Go check this baseball team out, folks. Yes, sir. Cadillac is expected to be the running back's head coach of the Raiders. I hear y'all talking about Mike G was the first to report that. So shout out to him. We shout that out, Mike G, a lot tonight. Uh, mm -hmm. Pops, I see you in the comments. I want to tell you, Dad, you're the best dad ever. I freaking love you, Pops. And I love each and every one of you guys. War Damn Eagle. We will see you guys later in the week. We're out, y'all. War Damn, baby.